Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah has conquered what? The grave. Are you afraid to die? The Lion of Judah conquered the grave and he turned around and said two words. I'm putting it in its simplest form. Follow me. I know a way out of the grave. I'm more powerful than the grave. So today, I ask you again, are you afraid to die? Do you fear death? The reason that we've made this such a big deal is this truth. How you look at death, how you see death and what's on the other side of death greatly affects how you live your life. Whether you live your life in some kind of a bondage, like, like you're burdened down with this, this power of death, and it's real. Or whether or not you live your life in freedom. It was my intention <clears throat> to only make this fear of death a two-part series. But something happened. I told you about it last week. I kept having this thought that I wasn't going far enough on something very specific. The body and the soul. I did talk about what happens to the soul when we die. Yes, I did. I did talk about what happens to the body when we die. Yes, I did. But I felt like I was totally convicted that I had left something out. Something big and so important that I went back and added this third session. So let me explain my dilemma <clears throat> and why I didn't feel like I had gone far enough in those first two sessions. We're going to begin today with Jesus' incredible promise of the resurrection. And this incredible promise of the resurrection is linked specifically to the resurrection of the last day. It's found in John chapter 6. And as we open up today, you need to understand something. When I'm about to start reading what Jesus said, he's talking to people who are struggling with believing that he is who he says he is. That he's, he's from heaven. That he's not from the earth. That he came from the Father. That he's not from here. His daddy's not Joseph. And they're struggling with it. And the reality is there are people in this room struggling with it. And there's people all around us every day that are struggling with this. Is Jesus who he says he is? Is he the son of God, God wrapped in human flesh, come to the earth to save us from the grave, to, to take us into this resurrection, out of the darkness into this marvelous light? So here we go, John chapter 6. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me. So if you want to know who he's talking to, here it comes. I'm the bread of life. 
You'll never be hungry once you get me in you. You'll never be thirsty once you get me in you. But you haven't believed in me, even though you've seen me. However, those the Father has given me, those the Father has given me, they will come to me. And I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God. Listen carefully. Jesus is going to reveal the will of God. I have come down from heaven to do what God told me to do. And what is that? And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me. Here it comes. Here it comes. And I should raise them up on the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. And I will, I will raise them up on the last day. So this is the question in light of that scripture. This is the reason for the third part in this series. What is Jesus raising up on the last day? The body or the soul? What is Jesus specifically referring to in this last day promise? Jesus is announcing that a believer's faith will produce eternal life. He's announcing what it is that opens this door into eternal life. It's by believing that he came from heaven, from the Father, to do the Father's will. And by faith, it opens up eternal life. It produces eternal life, listen carefully, that will finally, finally be realized when he raises them up on the last day. Jesus has just told them that he is the bread of life, promising that all who come and partake of him will never be hungry again. This is a revelation from God the Father through Jesus the Son, a revelation of what eternal life will be and what will be the door that opens eternal life. I'm the bread of life. Through me there is life. Jesus has just told them that whoever believes in him, it's a believer's faith, will never be hungry, will never be thirsty again. This is a revelation. This is a revealing. This is an opening of a, of a truth that had not previously been known by people, that through Jesus, the bread of life, eternal life is now available for all mankind Never to be hungry again. Have you ever noticed that hunger is a physical thing? Your body knows and tells you when it's hungry. But what about the last day? What does that mean? Thirsting is a physical thing as well. But what about the last day? Jesus then takes it further. And I got to tell you, if you think they weren't already confused... Wait till this next part. Jesus said that they must take his flesh 
and his blood inside of their physical bodies to experience the promise of eternal life. Now, now let, let, as I read this to you, I want you to put yourself in that culture, in that scene, and here's this guy from, from the Galilee, which were country folks. There's this guy in, 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 from Galilee telling these smart religious people, you got to take my flesh and my blood and put it inside your physical body. I'm the bread of life. I'm the living water. You're going to die without me in you. Now, what would you do? What would you think? Let's go to the next verse, verse 47. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Now, I want to pause for a second. Has eternal life. Not will have eternal life. Has eternal life. It's a present tense promise. It's not whoever believes will have eternal life. This is going to be really important in a few minutes. Whoever believes, I tell you the truth, whoever believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they died. It didn't work for them. But I'm a different kind of bread from heaven. Whoever eats this bread is not going to die. Verse 50, anyone that eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. And he's proclaimed already that he is the bread of heaven. So we're going to, what, eat your flesh? Verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, here we go, is my flesh, my skin my body. Now, how do you think they took that? I want you to, this is a real life event. How do you think this crowd of people took that bit of eternal truth? Jesus saying, I tell you the truth. Well, what's more important is maybe this question. How are you taking it? How are you taking this revelation from God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son that he's the bread of life and you're going to die unless you get him inside of you? How are you taking it? Do you understand what Jesus just told them? Because I can assure you they did not understand when he said, you must take my flesh. You must eat my flesh. Not yet. Don't forget where we're going with this today. Jesus has linked all of this to the promise. This bread of life thing, this eternal life thing. He has linked all of this to a promise that those who believe this will experience the resurrection on the last day. So what is Jesus raising up on the last day? It's a question. A, the soul. B, the body. Next verse, verse 52. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? You, you, can you understand? They're really not getting it. And I don't feel too bad about that because... I'm around people every day, and there's a lot of people in this room right now. You don't get it either. What do you mean you can give us your flesh to eat? 
Can you hear them scoffing? Because it's a scoffer's question. What do you mean give us your flesh to eat? Like that's going to make me live. Are you crazy? You, are you telling me that we're supposed to eat your flesh? We're supposed to drink your blood? Well, what are we, cannibals or something? Is that what you want us to do? Do they understand? No. Do you understand? Why is this so important? Because Jesus is specifically linking this teaching to the resurrection of the last day. Not, not me. I'm not the one that made the linkage. He's making this linkage to the resurrection of the last day. Jesus then answers their scoffing with this. Now hold on, because he's going to link it to the resurrection of the last day again. Here we go. Next verse, verse 53. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and unless you drink his blood, you cannot, you cannot, do you believe it? You cannot have eternal life, this is important, within you, inside of you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has, by the way, that's, an, that's a present tense promise, has, not one day in the future will have, but anyone who eats my flesh, drinks my blood, has eternal life, and here comes the promise. A present tense has eternal life and a future promise, and by the way, I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is true food. And my blood is true drink. And anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, so what's Jesus saying? I'm alive because I feed upon the Father. I live because of my the Father is in me, so I'm alive. So if I could be in you, you'd be alive. So I live because of the Father. You'll live because of me because I'm connected from the Father. I live because of the living Father who sent me in the same way. Anyone who feeds on me, anyone who feeds on me. What did we do just a few minutes ago? We took this cup. And we took this bread and we took this, this grape juice and we took that and put inside of us. Why do we do that? It's, it's so that we'll never forget. Forget what? I live because of the living Father who sent me in the same way. Anyone who feeds on me. Anyone who feeds on me. So we take the bread, which symbolizes the body of Christ, and we take the cup, which symbolizes the blood of Christ, and we take those and we put them inside of us. Why? So that we'll never forget what I'm reading here. So you'll never, ever forget what this means. That Jesus lived because of the Father, and in the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. Verse 58, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die. What? I mean, like never? Stay with me. 
will not die. You see, before there was a bread that came down from heaven, in the time of Moses, it was called manna. But he says, but your ancestors did. They ate the bread from heaven, but they died. But anybody who eats this bread, which is my flesh and my blood, will live forever. Verse 53 says, whoever eats Jesus' flesh drinks his blood already. Listen, this is the foundation we're going to lay today. Already, whoever eats his flesh drinks his blood already has eternal life within them. This is your first hint to answering today's question. What is Jesus going to raise up on the last day? The body or the soul? Because he says, whoever eats this flesh and drinks this blood already has eternal life. They've already experienced a resurrection. Let's read it again. I need everybody to understand verse 53 and 54 before we can move on. So at least fake it so we can keep going, okay? <laughs> so Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot. You might think you can, but you'd be wrong. You cannot have eternal life within you. So I, if he is life, if he's the bread of life, and I take the bread of life and put it inside of me, then I have life, right? I have eternal life. It's not something I'm going to get or I'm going to do. I've done it. I have it. It's present. It's now. Verse 54. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise that person on the last day. So if I already have eternal life when I put him inside of me, why do I need him to raise me up on the last day? We'll get to that. So what is Jesus raising on the last day, the body or the soul? I think this question is crucial. There's people in the room who say, I don't really care. Just raise me. I think this question is crucial because of this. It does matter. Because how you answer this question will determine how you live your life between now and the last day and whether or not you are free or whether you still walk in bondage. Because freedom breaks the chains. Freedom allows God to work through you unhindered not quenching the spirit, able to do anything and everything that God desires to do in, through, and around your life. But the chains of fear and bondage prevent that from happening. So does this matter? Yes, I'm going to show you why it matters. This is the message of eternal life. And this is the urgent truth for all of us today. They didn't get it. The people in Jesus' day didn't get it. And the reality is many people today still don't get it. There are people sitting in this room right now. If you'd be honest, you don't get it. When Jesus, through his word, says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You're going to die. And you don't get it. Jesus is talking about us receiving what? A piece of bread and some juice? No. Jesus is talking about us receiving the person of Christ inside of us. 
inside of my body, inside of my spirit, inside of my soul, inside of me, the spirit, the person of Christ, the Holy Spirit enters me, literally enters me. We're not talking about some hocus pocus stuff. We're talking about reality. Life comes into me. The bread of life, the source of life enters inside of me. This is what it means to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Simply it means this. Listen, Christ is in me. I feed on him. He is not a sideline. He's the bread of life. If I don't partake of this bread of life, what do you think would happen without the life? You get death. I feed on him. He is not a sideline. He is the main event. They didn't get it. Many people still don't get it. This is how the Apostle Paul describes it in Colossians 1.26. He says, the message was kept secret for centuries. For generations, it was a secret. But now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory, riches, glory of Christ are also not just for the Jewish people, but they're for the Gentiles. And this is the secret. It won't be a secret if I tell you, will it? What is it? Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing in his glory. Christ in me produces something. I want you to understand, Christ in me produces something. You know what that something is? It's called eternal life. It's an assurance in sharing in his glory because he's the bread of life. And when the bread of life enters inside of my body, my soul, my spirit, he's entering into me. I have eternal life. And the good news is this bread of life has no expiration date. It doesn't turn green like that stuff you have at the house. It lasts forever. You cannot have life without this bread. And this bread is Jesus. You may be standing upright. Listen, you may be standing upright. You may be going and driving a car and going to work and doing all these things. But the reality is this. You're a walking dead person until he enters you. You're just waiting for the expiration date on your temporary bread to turn you to death. Are you afraid to die? Remember last week we said it is the great statistic. One out of every one dies. It is the greatest of all statistics. You can't have life without this bread, and this bread is Jesus. And God sent Jesus to, from heaven to earth to tell us, I tell you the truth. I am the bread of life. And whoever eats me, takes me inside of you, you will live forever, and I will raise you up on the last day. After eating this bread, listen, there's an order. After. Eating this bread of life, Christ in me, he will raise us up on the last day. After. 
So I'm asking you again, what is he raising up on the last day? The body or the soul? The last day. I'm going to answer the question. The last day raising up is for the body, not the soul. Not for believers. And I'm going to show you. This, and you might wonder, why is this so important? Stay with me. Do you see this? Do you understand why this is important for the church to understand? When Christ comes into our lives, we are redeemed. We are set free. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to complete a mission and a purpose in this world, in this life. Well, God will through us, just like through his only son, will then carry out his work. We become the hands of, of the hands and the feet and the body of Christ through which he will do his work in the church age. It's important that we understand that. We are redeemed. We are free. Death no longer has any power over us. Why? Because life has entered us. Our soul is redeemed and we have received eternal life. Even though we're still trapped inside of mortal flesh, our soul has already been born, resurrected, redeemed, but we're trapped inside of skin that is mortal flesh. We've been set free from the fear of dying. That's why for three weeks now, I have asked you over and over and over, are you afraid to die? Do you still bear a fear of dying? Because then you're living your life with these chains that are dragging this weight behind you because you really don't believe, because you really don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is. That you already have eternal life. Your soul has already been set free. Yes, you're still trapped in a mortal body. Yes, I'm still trapped in a mortal subject to death body. But my soul has been set free. My soul has already experienced the resurrection. John 5, 24. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message. <laughs> I'm reading it to you. Those who listen, anybody listening? Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. It's not you're going to get eternal life. You have eternal life because your soul has already experienced the resurrection of the dead. Listen carefully. They will never be condemned. Those who have the message believe in God. They have eternal life. They'll never be condemned for their sin, which is the second death. But they have already, listen, they've already passed from death to life. You're not looking forward to the day that your soul passes from death to life. You've already passed from death to life. So why would you be afraid to die? Unless you don't really believe that. And what is faith? Anyway. Your soul, let me put it this way. Your soul, my soul isn't waiting for the resurrection of the last day. And my soul is me. Do you understand? My soul's not another person inside of me. My soul is me. My soul's not waiting for the resurrection of the last day. Your soul has already experienced the resurrection if you're in Christ. 
When you were born again, your soul, your spirit experienced the resurrection of the dead. When you were born again of the water and born of the spirit, that's how Jesus describes it, that was the resurrection of your soul from the dead into eternal life. You have already passed from death to life. You are alive with Christ now living inside of you. This is why we don't fear death. But that would only apply if you believed Jesus is who he says he is. And that would only apply if the bread of life who cannot die moves inside of you. Right? That's called faith. You know what that's called? It's called faith. We're saved by this faith. It's freedom. So let me put this passage of Jesus together. And I want to show you the resurrection and salvation of the soul. Separate from the body that he's going to raise on the last day, the resurrection of the soul. Let's put it together. Verse 24 through 26. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already, there's that Right now, they've already passed from death to life. And I assure you, Jesus says, I assure you, a time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. Not a, listen, what he's about to say is a right now event. It began with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. We call it the church age, and it's the age that you and I live in. A time is coming. No, nope, no, nope, it's here now. When dead people, when the dead will hear the voice. The voice of the Son of God. And those who listen will live. The Father has life in himself. And he has granted that same life-giving power to the Son. And what would happen if the life of the Son which comes from the Father would be in me? What would happen? He has granted the same life-giving power to me, the Son. He is life. He is, the, he is the existence of life. There's no other source of life. The teaching that I just read to you of Jesus refers to the walking dead, not the buried dead. He says, the time is coming. No, I say right now it's here. When dead people will hear the voice of the Son of God. You know who he's talking about? These dead people are not buried in the ground, dead people. No, 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 that comes next. That's the next verse. These are not buried dead. He says the time is here now when those will hear. Let me say it again. It's here now when the dead will hear my voice. When would that happen? The voice of the Son of God. When would that happen? These are not dead people. And all who listen... To the voice of the Son of God. Why is he calling them dead people? Because they have not experienced the resurrection of the soul. They're walking dead people. Oh, they're still standing upright. They're breathing air, but they're walking dead people. Because they, their soul is dead. These walking dead still have a chance for eternal life. They have not yet entered the grave. 
This is the resurrection of the soul. You don't have to wait for the last day to experience the resurrection of the soul. In fact, let me tell you, I highly recommend that you not try to wait to the last day to get the resurrection of the soul because you'll miss it. The resurrection of the soul. Now, let me read it again. I want to make sure you get this. Go back up and get verse 25 again. I assure you, a time is coming. He's announcing the church age. You're in it. The time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when dead people, those are not buried dead people. Those are, that's, that's, that's all of us before we were born again. When dead people will hear the voice. They will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. But you got to listen. The time is here now. You've got to listen to the voice of the Son of God and live. The voice of the Son of God is here right now. When people hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit, they, they can listen. And if you listen and believe, then you can be alive. This is not the last day resurrection of the body. No. This is the moment that the soul of man receives the resurrection of the dead by placing their faith in Jesus Christ. They believe, believe that he is who he says he is. He is the bread of life. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. It's not a future tense event. It is a present tense event. It's today. It's now. They will never be condemned for their sin, for they've already passed over from death to life. If I'm in Christ today, listen carefully. If I'm in Christ today, my soul isn't waiting for the resurrection of the, of the dead, but my body sure is. My soul has already been raised to life. And by the way, my soul is me. Listen to this next verse. Because just as that verse dealt with the walking dead, this next verse deals with those in the grave. That first section from John chapter 5 refers when, to when the soul of man hears the voice of Jesus and receives the resurrection of the soul into eternal life through faith. This next section deals with the body. The body matters. The resurrection of the body on the last day, verse 28. Don't be surprised, Jesus said, Indeed, the time is coming. Now, he's announcing now. It's not here now. It's the future tense. The time is coming when all the dead in the graves around the world, what's going to happen? They're going to hear the voice of God's Son. All the dead people who have died and they're buried around the earth, they're going to hear the voice of the Son of God. And they will rise again. Hmm. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience God's judgment. There is a resurrection of the soul. When a soul, the person, passes from death to life. When Jesus calls your name and you receive him by faith. This is what it means to be born again. 
The soul has received Christ and it no longer needs a resurrection, even though it longs, even though the soul, my soul, longs to be rid, rid of this corrupted flesh. Because this corrupted flesh that wraps around my soul is always prone to sin. It always leans away from God. It never leans toward God. Let there be no doubt this resurrection of the soul. What I'm talking about, the resurrection of the soul, when the soul is born again, when I, I am a soul, I am not a body, I am the soul, you are the soul, you're just wrapped in mortal flesh, at least for now. Let there be no doubt that this resurrection of the soul is a work of God, not man. Unless he initiates it, it can never happen. In fact, what I'm about to read to you, I can tell you, when I finally got this, took me, it was years ago when I got this, it totally radicalized my entire view of evangelism. And the reason I say that is I understand that I can't convince you to do anything. In fact, if I could, it would be meaningless. Here's why. Jesus says this in verse 44, for no one can come to me to get this resurrection of the soul. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And at the last day, <laughs> he is doing it again. And at the last day, I will raise them up. But who's got to initiate this? Me? Nope. Who? He does. The Father. As it is written in the Scripture, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from Him comes to me. What, the key there is they will all be taught by God. He initiates this call to be born again. Your soul is resurrected from the dead. He does this. Listen, I don't make light of the fact that He uses preachers and He uses teachers. Uh, yeah, of course He does. When I, I heard a preacher preach a sermon years ago. In that sermon, I heard a preacher talking. He explained the, the revelation of God's truth. I came. My soul was born again. But that preacher didn't initiate that. God did. God did it. He uses preachers. He uses teachers. He uses believers to carry the message. But who initiates it? No one can come to the Son unless the Father draws them. Now, here comes a big point. This is what it means to be free. Even though our soul is still trapped inside of mortal flesh, corrupted flesh, sin nature flesh, I'm free. Because there's a great power of sin and death, and both of them have already been conquered. Sin and death are not going to be conquered in my life. They have already been conquered because I am a soul. I am a soul. My soul has already experienced the resurrection. Why do I make such a big deal out of this and make this part three? Because this is only this is when you're free. It's the only way you'll ever be free. Until you get this, you're going to drag some weight burden, bondage, chain, junk behind you in your life. You're going to be afraid, and fear is the enemy of faith. I would, but I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, I love how Paul puts this, and he's writing to the church. He's writing to us. 
When I say this is real freedom, to me, it's why I can never stop preaching, no matter what the threats are, no matter what the opposition is. I can never stop. Why? Because my soul has already experienced the resurrection of the dead. Look at what he says. That's why we never give up. Because I I get it. Because I get it. My soul has experienced the resurrection. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying. How's that for an encouraging word, everybody, today? You're all dying. Have a nice day. But you're not the body. You're the soul. And your soul, if you're in Christ today, if you've got the bread of life inside of you today, I can tell you, You've already experienced the resurrection. You're not waiting for the resurrection. You've had the resurrection. You're just waiting for your body to catch up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. For our present troubles are small. They won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see, oh my, they will last forever. That's why we're not afraid to die. And when I say dying, I mean physically dying. When you stop breathing and this body becomes a corpse. And that's why we're also not afraid to die spiritually. Because we know that when we die spiritually, our soul is born again into an eternal life. It sets us free from this body of sin and death, knowing that our soul has already experienced the resurrection of the dead. And we are anxiously waiting for our body to catch up. The Apostle Paul describes this battle... Between the born-again soul, I want you to look at this as two parts. He describes this battle between the born-again soul of man that is still trapped inside of corrupted flesh that's waiting for the resurrection of the last day. This is how he puts it. Romans seven twenty-one. Paul says, I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all of my heart. But there's another power. Remember we talked about this for the last two weeks. There's a great power, the power of Satan, this power over sin and death. But there's another power within me that's at war within my mind. This power makes me a slave, a slave to sin. And it's still with me, within me. Oh, what a miserable person. You know why he's saying that? Because he has this resurrected soul trapped inside of mortal flesh. Oh, what a miserable man I am. What a miserable person. Who will set me free from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Who's going to get this soul out of this wrapped up mess of flesh? Who? Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, my flesh, I am a slave to sin. Church, this is true freedom. 
when the soul has been resurrected into eternal life through the habitation of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. This is true freedom, yes. Even though we still battle with the flesh, we're truly, truly free. We are torn between this world and the kingdom of heaven. We're torn because my soul longs for heaven. My body longs for the things of this world. I'm torn in the same person. Philippians 1.23, the apostle Paul says, I'm torn between these two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which will be far better for me. That's what my soul cries for. I long to be gone from this earth and to be with Christ. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. That's what Paul said. Okay, what about the flesh? What about the body? Jesus promises that I will raise you up on the last day four times in John chapter 6. What is Jesus going to raise up on the last day? Now, I'm specifically referring to believers. I'm specifically referring to those whose souls have already been born again and their soul, their person, has already passed from death to life. They're waiting for their bodies to catch up. What is Jesus going to raise on the last day? Well, if, if you don't know by now, then you haven't been listening. Your body. It won't matter. Listen, it won't matter if your body is dead and buried or if you're still standing up looking at the sky. It won't matter. This is the resurrection of the last day. It is a bodily resurrection. Yes, you are a soul. I am a soul. But our soul longs for the time when our body will be set free from corrupted flesh. And I got to tell you, after 64 years, my soul has gotten quite accustomed to this body. You know, we're kind of connected. My soul longs for the day that this body, this flesh, this corrupted sin nature is transformed, changed. That is and will be the resurrection of the last day. There is a bodily, listen, there is a bodily resurrection coming. For the dead and buried, yes. And for the alive and still standing upright, yes. Do you believe this? Does this encourage you today? If it doesn't encourage you today, the closer you get to the end of days, it will. Does it give you perseverance in your faith? I'm looking forward to the day when my body will be set free just like my soul has right now been set free. 1 Thessalonians 5.10. Now we're going to get real. It says, Christ died for us. So whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, I'm going to insert something. Whether you are dead or whether you're alive when that trumpet on the last day sounds. We can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. So I need to do something. I'm going to give you an actual example so everybody understands. 
Last week, I gave you the example. I used Brian Perry. And, I, and I, by the way, I, I, I've got permission from his wife, Jennifer, to do this. I told you last week that Brian was on staff here about a year ago. Last February, died, uh, Brian died of cancer suddenly. And Brian was a man of God. He loved the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. Brian had experienced, and it was obvious that he had experienced the resurrection of the soul. But his body died. So when I go to the graveyard and I go to that gravestone where they have placed Brian's body, I can say with all confidence that Brian is not here. That's Brian's body, but Brian is not here. Brian is in heaven with the Lord. His soul is in heaven. His body is on the earth. So there's the first example. So that's current. Well, let's go back to the time of the first century church, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul died. They beheaded him for his faith. Now, somewhere his body has turned to dust in the Middle East somewhere. But his soul, just like Brian's, is in the presence of the Lord. The Apostle Paul and Brian Perry's souls, listen, are going to return to this earth one day soon. Do you know that? At the resurrection of the last day, Brian Perry, his soul, and the Apostle Paul's soul are going to return. Right now, they're with the Lord. They're going to return to this earth on the resurrection of the last day. Their soul, and I keep making a point, their soul has been in the presence of God, but they are not yet fully complete. Not yet. Not yet. They are waiting for their resurrected, perfected body to rise from the earth. Where do I get that? I'll read it to you. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. And now, dear brothers and sisters, when he says brothers and sisters, it's only a reference to the church. If you are not born again, this does not apply to you. Sorry. Dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. Okay, Brian Perry, here you go. We want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that we don't grieve like people who have no hope. They haven't been born again. For since we believe that Jesus died and he was raised to life again, we also, you believe that, right? Somebody say amen. Since you believe that Jesus died and he was raised to life again, then you won't struggle with this next part, will you? Unless you don't believe it. And this is life and death. And this is heaven and it is hell. Both. And since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Brian Perry's coming back. The Apostle Paul's coming back. Now, you must ask the question, why on earth would God bring back the believers who have died when Jesus comes? They are waiting for the bodily resurrection of the last day. They are waiting for the resurrected and perfected flesh. Their returning souls will be put in the resurrected bodies. They will be clothed in resurrected, immortal flesh. 
clothed in white. That's a symbol of clothed in perfection. No sin in this body, just holiness in the likeness of God, in the likeness of Christ. And what about, okay, so that's the, that's those who have died. What about those who are still living? We go next. And we don't have to go through the grave to get our new perfected raised on the last day bodies. We don't have to go through the grave to get this white robe of perfection, a new body. Verse 15, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living, when the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. That means Brian Perry, the apostle Paul, their body goes first. And their soul comes into that new glorified body first. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet. There's the trumpet sound of God. And first, the Christians who have died, Brian Perry, the apostle Paul, first, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, so that you understand there's not a big time lag between these two events, there, together with them, we who are still alive, and as of this moment, that's all of us in this room, those of us who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. There we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Did it work? Are you encouraged? Or is it scared the bejeebers out of you? Because if that one didn't, this one might. I'm going to tell you the absolute truth. Are you ready? You will not get your resurrected, perfected body unless you have already received your resurrected, perfected soul. You will have no excuse. You will not receive a resurrected, perfected body on the last day unless you have already received your resurrected, perfected soul. But if you have received your born-again soul, that's how Jesus says you will never die. Because he's in you. John 3 verse 5, Jesus says this, I assure you no one, do you believe him? No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans, why? Why can't you get into heaven without being born of water and spirit? Why? Because humans can reproduce only humans. And we all die. Humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit, what do you think comes inside of me when the bread of life comes inside of me? But the Holy Spirit produces, gives birth to spiritual life. Spiritual life doesn't have an expiration date. You don't die. Humans can only produce humans. And the body and spirit of a man is corrupted by sin and the power of death, which comes from Satan. And he is powerful. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit and the person of Christ must give you, your soul, your person, a born-again resurrection of the dead. And for that, guess what? You must die. That's why people struggle so much with being born again. Because the only way you can be born again is if you, spiritually speaking, are willing to die to yourself. Because if you got born again and you didn't die to yourself, there'd be two of you. 
Think about it. The first one must die. And when the second one rises, Christ rises in you. Now you know. You got no excuse. The secret of the last day resurrection has been revealed. This is how the Apostle Paul, this is the clearest explanation in the Bible of what I have spent this time telling you today. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died, there's Brian Perry, will be raised to live forever. And we who are living, that'd be Terry Cooper as right now and hopefully everybody in this room. And we who are living will also be transformed. That means that we're going to get a new body as we rise to meet the Lord in the clouds. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God. He gives us victory over sin. Thank God. He gives us victory over death. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. How? He must be in you. He must be in you. That doesn't mean you know about him. It means you know him because you have encountered him. You have experienced him. His person has entered you. You're not who you used to be. You're a new creature, a new creation. You're not under the power of sin and death. You're under the power of the resurrection. The power of Christ. Verse 58, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong. Why? Because there's another power at work on the earth right now. Be strong, be immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless or in vain. For three weeks now, I have asked you if you're afraid to die. You're tired of me asking it, and I'm tired of asking it. <laughs> Today, I ask you, are you truly free? You can be. Have you experienced the resurrection of the soul? You've been born again. Jesus lives inside of you right now. This is freedom, and it's within your reach. It's right here. It's right here in front of you. Right here. If God calls you today, all you have to do is by faith receive Christ. Understand, we feed on Jesus as the life-giving bread of life. He's not a sideline for us. He is our life. He is our main event. Understand this urgency today. You will die without him in you. You will die a forever death in a place called hell. And you've got no excuse. You've got no excuse because somebody, God's grace and mercy, allowed somebody to tell you the truth. It's not on God. It's on you. It's on you. But when the Son sets you free, you are truly, truly forever free. One last point. For all these weeks, three weeks now, I've kept asking you, are you afraid to die? Do you fear death? 
Fear in itself can be a good thing. You ever thought about it? It depends upon what and who you're afraid of. This is what Jesus, he gives us this final advice today about fear. So are you afraid to die? Luke 12, verse 4. Here's Jesus' advice today. Dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do any more to you after they kill your body. But I'll tell you, Jesus said, I'll tell you who to fear. Fear God, who has the power to kill your body and then throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. I'll ask Chad to come out for the invitation today. I want to read this scripture. And let this be the standard by which we decide our lives today. Jesus said, and I assure you that a time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen will live. Today is the day of salvation. If today you heard this message and you turn and go out that door and walk away, say, well, I'll get back to you. It's on you. It's on you. It won't be on me. It's not on God. It's on you. Life, eternal life is within your grasp, but it only is received by believers. It's only received by faith. So in a moment, we're going to sing a song. And the song is on that last day, on that trumpet, whether I'm in the grave or whether I'm still standing upright, I'm going to rise. I'm going to get, on, I'm going to get a new body. And I'm going to meet the Lord in the air, and there I shall be with him forevermore. And you know what? It's not because I'm a good guy. It's not because I'm a preacher. It's not because I'm this or that or didn't do that or did do that. It's because I believe he is who he says he is, and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And he told me, I'll raise you up on the last day. I'll raise you up on the last day. And he offers you that promise today. Who would turn that down? You know what the answer is? They're called unbelievers. Let's stand. The invitation's over.